0: From the American College of Financial Services, it's time for Next Gen in 10. I'm Ross Riskin, chair of the Next Gen Advisory Task Force, and for the next 10 minutes, you'll be joined by our hosts and guests discussing topics relevant to up-and-coming financial advisors.
1: Welcome, everyone, to Next Gen in 10. I'm Alana Phillips, and here with me today, I have Jordan Murray of Acord & Fong Wall Strategies and Lincoln Financial Advisors. Thanks for being here, Jordan.
0: Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me.
1: Jordan is a next gen CFP and has successfully navigated the what we would call the survival phase of his career. And at Lincoln, we typically refer to these three different stages of an advisor's career, survival, success, and significance. And Jordan, hopefully you feel like you're heading into that success phase now in your 10th year in the business. We're going to talk a little bit about really that survival phase and how you've successfully navigated and hopefully be able to share some of your wisdom and experience and learning with other next gen advisors that are trying to get through that phase. So there's only a 16% retention rate according to Gamma International, which is insane in our industry and only 7% of advisors are under 35. So Jordan, you are really part of an elite group at this point. Can you talk about that survival phase and really what you think helped you to get through those first several years?
0: Absolutely. You know, the most important thing I found in the first 10 years in this business is joining a team. This is uh, very rapidly becoming a team sport and and individual solo practices are going away. You know, the average age of an advisor statistics are out there, but I think it's somewhere north of 55. So you have to understand the market is full of these generally older folks with businesses, I don't say bloated businesses, but businesses with more people than they can possibly see or service. And ideally, everybody in, in a planning oriented practice would have either a foundation plan or a comprehensive financial plan. And we can kind of talk about what those two different types of plans are, but really everybody should have that. Everybody should have life insurance. Everybody should have the needs that should have long-term care. Everybody should have a college plan. Everybody should have a Roth if they're under the income limits. And the solo practices are just not positioned and equipped to do that on a broad scale and and for instance in the practice that I went into was very much originally a 403b retirement plan oriented practice and when we transitioned to planning we had more people than we could see in a lifetime and so where the opportunity was for a young person was to step into that kind of practice and to to get an opportunity we call it butts and chairs you know, that's really what separates people from making it in this business versus not making it is is they simply run out of people to talk to. And even the most social person is going to have a defined network of people. And when I've got thousands of people that I can call and thousands of people that need my help, it makes it a lot easier for me to really focus in on the people that want and need the kind of help that I provide. And if there are people that don't want it or don't need it, I don't have to try to convince those people. I can just refocus on the people that do want the kind of things, services that we provide.
1: Yeah, that's a power position to be in, especially at the beginning of your career when typically you're interested in talking to anybody that has a pulse. So you had an advantage there. Joining a team sounds like a team that had some market access for you to get started in. Jordan, most advisors are really good at financial planning, at relationship building, you know, a couple sort of key things that are their unique abilities. How did joining a team allow you to really focus in on just doing what you were good at? Were there people on the team that were able to do some of those other things that maybe you're not as good at?
0: When I started, my team was a senior planner, a senior administrative person, and then myself. And I would say my business partner, his name is Martin, Martin Fong. His unique ability is to build relationships. And that is not my unique ability. (laughs) Uh, My unique ability is to, is to educate people. To, to make the the complex simple i love doing it it's very fulfilling you know my business partner loves talking about soccer and kids and all that other stuff and he's so good at it and then when it's time for for us to kind of talk about the meat and potatoes of the meeting he certainly can do that but he prefers to have me do those parts of the meeting and so you know i would just advise young advisors you know, sometimes beggars can't be choosy. You got to jump on the team that gives you the best opportunity. But if you're evaluating multiple teams, I would just look at the, the senior advisors on that team and ask yourself, do I complement that practice? Uh, there's a, a phenomenal financial planning practice in our office where the main planner is the best salesman in the history of salesmen. I mean, he can get you to do almost anything, but he doesn't do planning. And so their younger planners, or at least it doesn't do, do fee-based planning. The younger planners are coming in and they're cleaning up because they, they want to do fee-based planning and that senior advisor wants them to do it. And so they can come in and get access to revenue that wasn't in that practice to begin with. And so it's really a win for the senior advisor and a win for the junior advisor. The number one thing in evaluating is just, is evaluating the senior practice. And seeing if the opportunity fits your skill set. And that's tough to know when you're new and young, but that would be that would be my advice.
1: How do you think you evaluated that when you were, you know, looking at probably a couple different opportunities for teams. How did you know, or how did you navigate that conversation with Martin to figure out that it was the right fit for both of you because you really do complement each other in terms of your skills
0: when i was sitting down I, I had an offer from from four other firms and you know they had great matching program matching for revenue and they had great bonus programs and they one was going to give me an office and all this great training and i sat down and i said well there's this thing with lincoln and they're going to give me a forgivable loan isn't that great and then there's this guy that's going to give me access to his book of business and i remember sitting down with my dad and my dad looked at me he's like son there's there's no conversation to be had here You're telling me somebody is going to give you access to their markets so that you can learn on their people. I remember Martin told me when I very first started, don't call your friends. Don't call your family. You haven't learned anything yet. So why don't you (laughs) learn on my people and figure it out? And then when you've been doing this three or four years, they're going to come to you instead of trying to have a really uncomfortable, like, I don't need, I don't need your family's clients. I don't need your friendless clients. We've got plenty of people here. So like, why don't we learn? And then and then I want you to go out there and help those people. Because, you know, no one's going to care more than I care about my family or my friends. But I also realize that sometimes you only get one crack at this. And you you have an obligation to people to be prepared, to be your very best when you go and sit down with the people that matter the most to you. And so, you know, don't wing it be be prepared be ready and if that means waiting you know wait a little bit until you're ready to do that so i didn't come through an internship program i was introduced to my business partner through a mutual friend so in that way i never really had access to other teams so i didn't evaluate it from that perspective i just was very 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 fortunate but i did i did look at other firms and other firms of great marketing programs with great brochures But you're right, they have about a 16% retention rate. And I think Lincoln's is north of 60. And so part of that is getting plugged into a team and getting plugged into a market.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that there's definitely a couple key takeaways there with the team and making sure it's a fit and the market access. So once again, we've been speaking with Jordan Murray of Acord & Fong Wealth Strategies and Lincoln Financial Advisors. Jordan, thanks for being with us today.
0: Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. For more episodes, visit our website at theamericancollege.edu slash podcasts. This has been Next Gen in 10, brought to you by the American College of Financial Services.